sure as God made green apples, someday the Chicago Cubs are going to be in the World Series. And maybe sooner than we think. Here's the old line. This is going to be a tough play. What's going on, Cubs fans? I'm Sean Sears, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Cubs, part of the Lockdown Network, your team every day. Cubs have started the interview process for a new manager. We'll go over some of the latest candidates and who we think, or who I think at least, has the edge in the first segment, as well as touch on a couple of Cubs notes. And then in the second segment, we're breaking down the Cubs bullpen. This will be the first group that we take a look at here in our positional breakdowns on the Lockdown Cubs podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code POSTSEASON at checkout to receive a discount up to $100. And then we are also sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew, like the color blue, brings you the first chewable, the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, and even on a full stomach since they're chewable. And they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever a moment arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants that extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. It ships directly to you in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. And since they're made in the U.S., Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, so they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal with our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And of course, we thank them for sponsoring Lockdown Cubs. You can get Lockdown Cubs on the Himalaya app, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn app, anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find Lockdown Cubs. And then make sure you're following us on Twitter at Lockdown Cubs. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean R. Sears. A ton of postseason coverage coming out right now from Fansided. So write a couple articles every day. So if you're looking to be on top of the postseason coverage, despite no Cubs stuff really being involved, go ahead and give me a follow. But, uh, here in the first segment, though, we're going to be talking about Cubs managers as they announced that Mark Loretta, David Ross, excuse me, Will Venable, and uh, Joe Girardi, I wanted to say Will Venable, uh, that would have been bad, um, but obviously the Cubs, uh, third base coach, and then David Ross, former catcher, Joe Girardi, former catcher and former Cub, and obviously former Yankee manager, and then Mark Loretta. Um, reports came out that Loretta's interview actually happened last week, obviously an internal candidate, so the Cubs were easy, easily able to get to him. He had quotes from um, 670 The Score, kind of talking about how he felt he was a little bit different than, uh, than Joe Madden. He said, we have a lot of optional hitting practices and fielding practices. That's something we should take a look at and see if they actually make sense. There are certain training times when players need to be on their own. Team concept and team building exercises and getting together in practice more often are very valid. So what he's saying is, you know, maybe we should try and work together more so than having individual um, workout sessions or specific, you know, like Javier Baez going and shagging ground balls with his left left handed, you know, left hand with his glove. Like that's great, 
that's awesome to see him do that. But, you know, it might, probably makes more sense to build it as a team and have everyone be fielding grounders. So um, I can see where that is. I think Loretta brings an interesting approach to the team, and I'm excited to hear more about that. So uh, David Ross, Will Venable, Will Venable, Jesus. I don't know why that's a tongue twister for me. And Joe Girardi all should interview sometime this week. It sounds like if I had to pick who has an edge right now, um, just simply because Theo Epstein has talked about him more than another candidate, I would say David Ross. Now, that could also have something to do with people asking him directly about David Ross because he kind of made comics about it um, at the end of the season presser, uh, Theo Epstein did. So it's no surprise there, but it sounds like David Ross kind of fits the mold of what a lot of teams are looking for, a young a young manager, a former player um, who embraces analytics. I will say, though, listening to Joe Girardi on some of his broadcasts, while I know a lot of people have kind of hated him a little bit, I've liked a lot of the things he said. Um, I don't know if he's necessarily great in the booth. I wouldn't call him a great play-by-play or color guy by any means, but I think what he adds is very interesting. I like when he talks about matchups and I don't know if he's looking these numbers up off a sheet that's been given to him or if he's just kind of, you know, prepared for the broadcast, whatever it may be. But he seems to know when these matchups are great and why certain guys are in certain situations. And I think that's good. And I, he kind of shared some of his approaches too, how he would handle a player that's struggling or a player that's in a situation that was going on in one of the post games. I, I liked his approach. So, um, interesting to see. There was a side of Joe Girardi we haven't really been able to look at. You know, everyone keeps calling him a hard ass, but it sounds like he, does have an understanding for players. So I, I, I'm not, I, honestly, if the Cubs hire any of these guys, I think um, we'll, we'll be okay with what they find beyond that. Uh, Joe Espada is growing a lot of interest. It sounds like obviously working under Joe Girardi and obviously putting together a really good uh, Houston team or helping be a part of that in Houston is a huge, huge plus. Uh, he was in the Yankees system as a scout at one point as well, too. He understands baseball, spent time with the Marlins as, a, you know, eventually going up from coaching all the way up through that coaching ladder to the third base coach, I think, for the Marlins. So there's experience, there's options. Raul Abanez was ruled out. Um, it sounds like he isn't interested in going after any of the jobs at, as, as currently available to him. So um, I don't think Raul Abanez is a real um, candidate at this point. Um, he was speculated, but it sounds like he's declining interview requests this year. So um, he's not going to be an option. That's okay. I like I like who the Cubs have right now. Uh, there was a report that came out that Joe Madden is expected to be announced as the man, or manager of the new or Los Angeles Angels, Anaheim or whatever you want to call them, the Angels manager, his former team. Joe Madden going back there. I think that's a good fit. I'm excited to see what he can do with Shohei Otani. I'm interested to see what happens when Joe Madden starts playing with that lineup and putting Mike Trout in. Places they're not used to seeing him. <laughs> um, granted, he has kind of hit all over that lineup, but it'll be fun to see Joe Madden work with his Angels team. It's got a young core coming up. Joe Adele, top prospect in baseball now with a lot of those guys graduated. He'll be fun to see. So best of luck to Joe. Bummer to see him go to um, from the Cubs, but to go to a team like the Angels, that's a great fit. So um, Cubs Twitter kind of lost it a little bit when uh, a 2K gaming insider, I can look up his name, uh, Kind of, he tweeted out something along the lines of like, you know, uh, basically kind of shaming the Cubs for trading uh, Gliber Torres from uh, to the Yankees for a World Series. Uh, his name's Jeff Eisenband. He's apparently a big deal. He's got over ten thousand followers on Twitter. He's being he's labeled himself as an insider for the NBA Two K League, which is obviously the professional gaming league. Which is, I'm not trying to downplay that. You know, uh, professional gaming and any type of the streaming gaming is fun. I watch a ton of stuff on Twitch, you know, stream things on YouTube, whatever it may be. I, I think it's great. I like 2K. No offense to uh, to him directly and what he's doing, but it, he tweeted out saying something along the lines of, you know, uh, never forget the Cubs tweeted, traded away 19-year-old Gliber Torres to win a World Series, which is just kind of stupid. Um, 
Um, and it feels like he he recognized that, but I think everyone in his mentions is kind of jumping at him. He had kind of a, a sniper retort to me because I quote tweeted him saying something along as like this guy's too busy getting scoops on 2K Gaming League or something like that. He quote tweeted me saying this dude thinks this is the diss. Um, so I replied back so you guys can stroke my ego a little bit. Kind of like how you thought trading a player for a World Series title was a diss on the Cubs. Um, eh, just a dumb argument. It's funny to see him going back and forth. I compared it to this on Twitter when I was talking about it. Um, it's kind of like if someone were to offer you, you know, fire in exchange for marshmallows and chocolate and graham crackers. Like, sure, would s'mores be great once you have fire? Awesome, but you have fire. You're not going to give up fire for, for tools you can't utilize properly. You're not going to be upset about trading someone like Labrador's, who is great, looks like he could be great, his splits against the Orioles and then against everyone else it kind of makes me think his numbers might be inflated from playing a, a really, really bad Orioles team the last couple of years. But um, regardless, Collaborators had a great season. He looks like a fun player in New York. I'm excited for him. That being said, you make that trade 100 times out of 100. Uh, there's no doubt, especially in the Cup situation when you haven't won a World Series in 108 years. Like, it's crazy to, to, to condemn them for this. You know, who would have thought in three years the Cubs would be changing managers out of the postseason and trying to reinvent themselves? So... There's an article from Cubs Insider that kind of sourced Craig Kimbrell's comments about wanting to work with the Cubs pitch lab. We kind of talked about this a little bit, but uh, Evan Oldman from Cubs Insider kind of pointed out that, you know, obviously Kimbrell is a guy that has a ton of experience. He's already taught guys some pitches. Obviously, people were talking about how Roanwick and you Darvish started using that knuckle curve. So obviously, he's got veteran savviness. He's a Hall of Fame reliever. Uh, so you just have to figure out why did certain things not work, whether that's sequencing, maybe it's just different you know, I don't know, whatever he has to do just a little bit differently to, to utilize these numbers and figure out, well, hey, maybe when I'm doing this, I should be, you know, approaching it like this instead of that. So um, I think it's just getting Kimbrel comfortable in the Cubs situation, Cubs system, as well as just getting comfortable in general. I mean, that's such a weird season to come out mid-season, not know where you're playing up until June, all of a sudden get thrown into the situation like two weeks out and you're going to be closing games. And he did just that. And he, he was bad um it wasn't a great season from Kimbrough, but i think there's plenty to look forward to for next season so uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the bullpen in the second segment here um tony and drag he put out a, a piece yesterday talking about if ian happ is a trade piece or a piece for the future and he talked with ian happ and pulled some quotes from throughout the season kind of talking about happ saying he feels like he's a better player going into this offseason than he was last season and it kind of shows he his contact rate did improve quite a bit um his strikeout his strike zone compared to last year to this year, he was swinging at pitches that were outside the strike zone about 81% to uh, from 82.1% to 70.2%. So he's lowered that. He's making more contact overall at 71% compared to 63%. Excuse me, I flipped those numbers. He's making 82%, 82.1% contact in the zone as opposed to 70.2. So almost a 12 point increase. So that's, or excuse me, yeah, 12 point increase, math. 11.9 if we want to get into it but anyways uh, um so he's been he's making better contact in the zone he's making better contact overall his strikeouts gone down a little bit um we're seeing him make adjustments and even though it still wasn't quite there this all or the second half when he came up it's short and abbreviated those numbers don't necessarily represent who he is um he had a better season his ops bumped up back to like eight something so there's a legitimate question about whether or not Excuse me. There's a legitimate question about that. You believe that Hap should be a part of this team. Great versatility. Was able to play six different positions this year. Um, that's awesome. On top of maybe you need a platoon guy in center field. His defense has been getting better. And 
Hap has got great speed, which I think helps him anywhere in the outfield, and a pretty good arm. Um, I think he's a good fit. I, I think the Cubs could try and keep him on this roster. That's great. But if they can find something for him that, that adds more value, then, yeah, maybe maybe it's time. So um, interesting article. Read, from, uh, read it on NBC Sports from Tony Andraki. Uh, Mark Gonzalez actually put on an article talking about whether or not Rizzo makes sense as a full-time leadoff hitter. And he kind of referenced different parts about, you know, how impressive Rizzo's season was, kind of starting out slow. Some of the back concerns over two seasons now, is this something you can really rely on him? He kind of gives the idea maybe Carantini should be his personal backup and just kind of rotate Carantini in here, give Rizzo consecutive time off. But uh, he kind of makes the role that, you know, as a leader, as someone that wants to be in that leadoff spot, as someone that has found great success in that leadoff spot, it might make sense. And for the Cubs looking for some stability, potentially, that might make more sense. But when you look at what the roster is right now, he probably is the best candidate with Ben Zobris likely not returning or, you know, not not 100% sure if he's going to be back next season at all, let alone with the Cubs. Um, you're losing a contact bat. You're losing a great on-base guy. There's not too many guys in this lineup that you can rely on to be that elite on-base guy right now that aren't more essential in different roles. Like, obviously, Chris Bryan or Anthony Rizzo could lead off and probably get on base still at a 340, 350, 360 clip. Um, but are utilizing their full potential? That's kind of the question. So things to consider. I'm not opposed to letting Anthony Rizzo be the leadoff guy. If that's what's going to fit and make this offense work, he seems to have great success every time he steps in there. So, And then Brett Taylor put on an article, uh, I believe it was today, or maybe it was yesterday, talking about uh, Yoshitoma Sutsugo. Uh, I'm probably kind of butchering his name. I put it into Google Translate a couple times. It's T-S-U-T-S-U-G-O. He is one of the top hitters in the MPB this year, and it sounds like he will be posted to Major League Baseball this season. While he's likely not a Cubs target, he's got an OPS an OPS above 900 for his career in the MPB, and as Brett points out in this Bleacher Nation article, the average for the MPB in terms of OPS is like 715, 716. So well above that, um, he doesn't really have a position. He doesn't really have a strong arm. Can't probably play center field. You probably you know, stick him in left, but he profiles better. Probably he, he'd have a preference probably on the West Coast if he is going to go the NL, but he makes more sense probably as an American League hitter. Um, but sign of maybe Cubs trying to look in unorthodox ways for players. I, I, I'm not opposed to it. So, um, but interesting article, cool name. I've heard of him before. I hadn't really seen much about him. I had to look up some of his numbers. He is impressive. He's quick to the bat. He's a lefty hitter. Um, interesting guy. But with that, that is our first segment. Before we jump to the second segment, I do have a couple quick words from some of our sponsors. Vivid Seats helps you find your seats to any of your favorite live events, including sports, concerts, theaters, and more, all through the Vivid Seats app. Theater, not theaters. I guess if you want to go to multiple theaters, that's fine. They offer great prices and an easy purchasing experience on the in-app with their loyalty program, Vivid Seats Rewards. Once you download the app, you're automatically enrolled into the Vivid Seats Rewards program, which will let you enjoy credits on your purchases as part of the Vivid Seats Reward program. When you are on the Vivid Seats app and you're getting to check out, make sure you use postseason as your promo code to get your get yourself a discount up to $100, which is great. Um, Vivid Seats app is awesome. I've used it quite a few times. Um, easy to find events. The app is actually really nice, um, comparable to some other apps you might be able to use, but it's great. Vivid Seats offers you points back every time you make you know a purchase. So if you're looking at content, this season if you're looking at some baseball football basketball hockey it's all going on right now in august october and september so make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the seats app help you get to your favorite live events and then we are also sponsored by postmates anything you're craving postmates can deliver they are the largest on-demand delivery network in the u.s and offer delivery from all restaurants grocery and convenience stores and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need 24 hours a day 365 days a year postmates will bring you whatever you need within the hour 
No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 in free delivery credits for your first seven days. If you haven't downloaded the app, make sure you do and use code Locked On. Locked On for $100 in free delivery for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with the code Locked On. All right, back here in the second segment, we're going to be going over the relievers and bullpen. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we're going to start positional breakdowns here as we go through the offseason. But we're starting with the bullpen, just because I'd seen some comments. There was a cool tweet thread between Michael Ernst, who's been on this show and is a very knowledgeable Cubs prospect guy, and uh, Sahadav Sharma, who's probably one of my favorite writers for The Athletic. Uh, kind of going back and forth talking about what the Cubs' plan should be for their bullpen. And while Ernst was pushing hard kind of against what Sahadav Sharma was putting out the idea of saying that you might need to add some veterans to his bullpen to help Kirk Kimbrell, he wants the Cubs to try and develop as much pitching as you can. And he thinks that's the way to go. It saves you a lot of money. And obviously, when you can get younger, controllable arms on deals like that who do turn out to be great, you're saving yourself money. You don't have to go after these top free agent guys. Um, it's an interesting argument. We'll kind of talk about it here. But so far, um, this 2019 season, the Cubs ranked fifth in blown saves with 28. They were actually tied with the Red Sox and I think the Mets. I think the Mets maybe actually led the league. But there's another team and they're tied for 28. There's three teams at 28 blown saves. They were 20th in F-War this year, 18th in K per nine, 26th in balls per nine inning. Only the Pirates, Marlins, and Reds walked more batters per nine innings the Red Sox, excuse me, per nine innings. They were seventh in ERA at 9.98, which looks good. But then when you look at their FIP of 454, it kind of shows that this group was essentially middle of the pack. And that's kind of what we saw throughout the season. Um, for 2020, the bullpen that's under contract as of right now would be Craig Kimbrell, Roan Wick, Kyle Ryan, Tyler Chatwood, Brad Wick. Those are the guys we know will probably be in this bullpen for sure. And then guys that had appearances this year would be like Alec Mills, Dwayne Underwood, Dylan Maples, Alan Webster, to an extent, we'll have to see what happens with him. But those are some of the guys that are probably in play and are definitely being this bullpen more than likely. And then some club options. Brandon Morrill's got a $12 million club option that'll likely not get picked up. Tony Barnett, $3 million. Unlikely he'll get picked up. But then Kendall Graverman and Dan, or David Phelps. Graverman at $3 million, David Phelps at $1 million. Those guys are might be something worth kicking around here. Now, maybe not Phelps necessarily, but Graverman for $3 million. Um, you might be able to get a good piece out of him that could potentially be starter depth or maybe a guy you have throw a couple innings in the bullpen. What we're seeing so far this postseason right now is like the three best teams in, ba- in baseball right now. It looked like the three best teams in the postseason at the moment right now are the Dodgers, Astros, and Yankees. The Yankees clinched yesterday. Astros and Dodgers are going to try and clinch in a game five here, um, or game four, excuse me, for the Rays. Uh, but, you know, this is uh, that's kind of the outline of what these teams are. You look at those three teams, they've got really, really good bullpens. And then you look at the rest of the league, you know, the teams that probably have, like, the outside chance of, if they are able to beat the teams they're facing now, have a good chance of getting to the World Series to be like the Rays, and maybe, maybe the Nationals. And now the Nationals don't have a great bullpen. No one in the National League right now outside of the Dodgers kind of has a good bullpen. Um, Braves kind of, but not really. Cardinals. No. Um, <laughs> so uh, you look at some of these teams, the best teams in baseball have really good pitching, but then you look at like what the Dodgers and Astros and the Rays and even to an extent um, the the Yankees have been able to do with some of their pitchers is roll some of these guys down. Like Julio Uris and Ross Stripling are now guys that can come in in between and get you to Kenley Jansen. I think that's interesting. Same could be said for the Rays who were able to kind of construct 
a rotation out of their bullpen players. So I, I think you can get creative. And I, I think teams are going to adapt that more and more as they see the Rays have success with a team that's probably not quite at the same level as your top three, four teams in, in baseball right now. But their pitching is keeping them very close in these games because if you've got great pitching, you've got a chance to win every post game. And that's kind of what we're seeing with the Rays. So I think there's an approach here that I think a lot of the teams of baseball, particularly the Cubs, want to try and add. Um, in terms of top relievers or arms in the farm system right now for the Cubs, Edbert Elsley and Braylon Marquez are probably the two top arms I would consider guys that that could make an impact next season. Now, it's hard to tell if these guys are going to be starters or relievers. So I kind of just put the Cubs' best arms in a list here. That includes like Justin Steele, who had some issues this season, pitching in his first full season. If he could stay healthy and, and find his command again, he could be a great left-handed starter or even just a good piece in the bullpen. Tyson Miller, same situation, had a pretty good season this year. He could be a guy that stuff plays off maybe in, as, a, as a relief role. Brendan Miller, the Cubs are trying their hardest to make him a starter. I don't know if he's going to profile there, but he looks like a third, fourth rotation guy or maybe a, a middle relief type of guy. Um, they know he's a project. He's probably still a couple years away. Same can be said for Ryan Jensen. He's the Cubs' first round pick from last year. Obviously a great pitcher, um, a guy that has potential to be a two or three maybe in this rotation, but could play up as a reliever too. Oscar De La Cruz, a guy that thought was going to be a reliever or a starter for a long time, was pegged as one of the Cubs' top potential front rotation guy. Maybe not front rotation, but in the rotation for sure in the next couple of years. He hasn't been able to find consistency, but when he went back to relief role, his ERA dropped to 1.16 in about 25 innings of work. Um, so a good sample size, and it seems like when he is coming in those high leverage moments, he finds success. Same could kind of be said for Corey Abbott, who is probably a starter. The Cubs probably want to keep him as a starter, but he could possibly play up and really work on some of his out pitches. He's got a really good curveball, a decent slider, a fastball that can play off of those. In a relief role, when he's kind of limiting to just those pitches, he can become effective. So there's options there. None of those guys outside of maybe Alzelay and maybe Marquez are probably top 100 prospects, top in the system for the Cubs. So we'll see. Uh, top free agent relievers. Araldus Chapman is a free agent next year. Um, he does have an option a two-year club or two-year player option that he's expected to decline. There was a quote from, I think it was Mark Feinstein saying that Chapman was almost 100% guaranteed to opt out. So he could be a free agent, but he's going to ask for a high price tag. And I know there was a little concern with what happened with Kimbrell. Obviously, Chapman at the same level as Kimbrell probably. Um, at 32 years old, it might be tough to kind of get him a big deal. Relievers aren't getting paid like they were once before. Yeah. Once before being three years ago. But <laughs> uh, Will Smith, Will Harris, two guys that make sense. Dylan Batances is a guy that's name has been thrown out a little bit. If he can come back and, and play, it sounds like he might actually be able to be available for the Yankees this year, which is nuts. But he's kind of a wild card. If he can prove he's healthy, I think the Cubs can maybe give him a prove-it deal. It works out great. Some other guys to keep an eye on. Yes, Merrill Petit for the Athletics and then Kenley Jansen for the Dodgers. Both have opt-out clauses in their contracts this year. Both of them are likely to opt out, but they could. So I think the plan of attack right now for this bullpen, obviously, you know, the plan of attack for tw after 2017 going into 2018 was to get more strike throwers, to get guys that don't walk as much, that get the ball in the zone, and, and ultimately the Cubs can maybe hopefully hope their defense can put some outs together. That hasn't quite happened. And when you look at who the Cubs added after the 2017 season, Brandon Morrow, Steve Ciszek, um, obviously Morrow played a half a season effectively, but a half a season in two years for the Cubs. He's not going to get $12 million. Um, Steve Ciszek, probably gone. I don't think you can rely on him. He seems like a guy that that, that worked out in the moment, but uh, it was great value. What you got out of him was great. I don't think you can expect much more from him at this point. So, you have to kind of figure out what does this 
bullpen need? What what do they need? And what, what they need is reliable arms. They need veterans at the back end of this bullpen potentially that can that can really handle these moments and kind of help guide some of these guys, these younger guys, into these into these roles, hopefully. I think that's what the Cubs want. They want to develop young arms and have them keep coming through because that's the cheapest way and right now the best way to do it with so many guys who can throw 98, 99, 100 miles an hour. The Cubs don't have a ton of those guys, but if they can find someone to work with their system and you know, like let's say someone comes into this, you know, the you know, whoever the director of pitching or whoever this new manager is for the Cubs and is able to work with um, Dylan Maples, let's say, and find out a way to get him to control that slider. Now suddenly you've got a devastatingly good pitcher who can throw a slider 100 miles an hour. There's options here and there's players that could develop into something. I don't think you can put a whole lot of stock in that, though. And that's where I kind of agree with Sahad of Sharma's point of you need to add some other reliable arms to this bullpen. So I think the Cubs are going to go and target some guys. There might be some options in the trade market. Maybe that's what you flip Ian Happ for. Who knows? But I, I think that's the approach. This bullpen, obviously not good. At the beginning of the season was the biggest reason for their their you know rough start to the season, not, even with the offense kind of having start and stop tendencies throughout this season. The bullpen cost them so many games. And there's so many times that the offense did come back, especially in this last month of baseball, and the bullpen just couldn't, couldn't hold it together. So I, I think that's the approach. I think you have to find some guys you can put in the back end to help Kimbrell close out games, to help him in case in moments where you don't have Kimbrell available, you do have reliable options because the Cubs didn't really have that, and Kimbrell himself wasn't reliable. So I expect bounce back years for some of these guys. You know, Pedro Strope's an option. He said he'd like to come back to the Cubs. I don't know if that's realistic. I don't know if the Cubs can pay him the money he wants, and I don't know if Pedro Strope would take a discount to stay with the Cubs. We'll have to see. So... But that will do it here for today's Tuesday episode of Lockdown Cubs. Remember to get this show every every day. You need to subscribe to Lockdown Cubs on the Himalaya app as well as whatever podcasting app you use. That's Google Podcasts, Apple, Spotify, TuneIn app, Stitcher, anywhere you can find podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. Make sure you subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Cubs. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean R. Sears. Thanks for tuning into your daily Cubs podcast, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day. And as always, go Cubs.